0: On the, the
1: Live from the On the Horn studio in Glastonbury, Connecticut, this is Black Eyed and Blues, the Black Eyed Sally's Radio Hour, sponsored by Gateway Financial Group. The accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyer Jack, Deepwater Seafood of Avon, Sherpa Technologies, and Central dental.com Doctors Camp, Sambor and Lupini. I am Brian Lee, your host, uh, Brian Pack Brian Parker back in the room, Dave Moore back on the board. Uh, what's going on, fellas? Anything going? Uh,
2: uh the same old, same old. Okay. And you're having so much I'm fun with your mic.
1: I'm having some mic issues. <laughs> Does this thing go up at all or no?
2: I think you're gonna want to depress the bottom there. Oh, there we there go. We much go. better. Okay.
3: Shut up, Brian. <laughs> Why is it like a wobbly? I don't know. What's that about? I don't know. What'd you do? Nothing. You know, there's these things called screws. All right, that's much
1: better. Oh, feel much stabler. Oh, much more stable.
4: Love it.
1: Hey, how Love was us. your how was your trip there, slick? It was good. Mike, up. I want a little more than that. Did you play some golf? Did you do anything? You were in Florida for goodness sake You came back. to 40 degrees. I, uh, if you were lucky. I played a little golf. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, let me get the good headphones. I'm okay. tired of using the bad headphones. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> you know, we may have to invest in more headphones here. Okay. I'm just saying. Oh, thank God oh, I can hear you. Try them. to remember that. But uh, is this camera on? Because I don't need yes, it. It, it is. is on? It is on. Oh, that is unfortunate. <laughs> I feel so bad for y'all. Uh, no, it was good. Uh, we spent a week down there in Florida and yep. uh, had a great time and uh, came back and uh, still did not have a name for the kid. That's how it is. Okay. Was that the
1: was that the mission when you went down? Was to
3: We really wanted to have a name for the kid.
1: Taylor. As in Taylor made
3: Uh you can't because it can be both a male and female name. Okay. So we can't have that. And Mahe Bell is just not working. Come on. No. I love Mahetha Bell. The chat not... room
1: will be disappointed. I know. That's I'm gonna continue to call
3: her Mahetha Bell on the air. Okay, though. okay. So just make because. everybody happy. Just because.
1: Cool. Okay. Uh Dave, you're a little more comfortable on the, on the uh, board this week?
2: A little more. I'm okay. not sweating as much, but then again, it wasn't so hot today. So. That's, true. That's true. It <laughs> is funny how it gets like 9
3: million degrees in this place. Yeah. You know so what's true. kind of fun is just kind of taking this little <laughs> microphone for taking a walk. Taking it for a walk? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm here all week, just flew in from uh, Chicago, <laughs> and boy, are my arms tired. Oh, 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 here we go again.
1: All right, normally on the show, what we've been doing the last couple of months anyway is if we're going to have somebody call in, they call us at 7.20. This evening, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen at 7.10 instead. We have Jimmy Thackeray from Jimmy Thackeray, and the driver's calling us. So we just going got to get on. We're going to um, BS for the first time. No, we can play. We'll play one song. All right, we better and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll jump in right after that, and hopefully Jimmy gives us a call real quick. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little bit of Debbie Davies, who was down at Black Eyed Sally's this past Saturday evening. This is from her album, Debbie Davies Blues Blast. The song is called Sitting and Crying. And it is not playing. There
3: we go. Microphone.
5: mm <laughs>
1: That was Debbie Davies from Debbie Davies Blues Blast. The song is called Sitting and Crying. Uh, the phone just rang. Hopefully, Jimmy Thackeray gives us a call back. Part of the problem was he's got a show at 7 30. So hopefully, we can make this work. Uh, I guess we can just sit and vamp for a little bit. <laughs> uh, this past weekend, I decided to uh, have Friday evening off and go up to Cafe Nine in New Haven. I've never been there before. Pretty cool little place. We saw uh, Paul Gabriel and his blue. And it was actually mm. it was Paul Gabriel and Billy Bileka playing with uh duke robillard and his band and it was a phenomenal show cool little place have you ever been to cafe nine either of you or no
3: i think i have but i think i don't remember it um but uh gabriel is great what a great uh he's fun yeah man. <laughs> he i would is, love he's fun. we should do that um if you want to take off on one of these nights i know you work most nights so this is special yeah. stuff but yeah if you do on like an off night let's get the let's get the girls together and and go out and do something
1: sure anytime absolutely it's kind of like when, busman's
2: holiday for you to be going uh, to another
1: i actually got locale you know what the funny thing was i probably knew 15 people there and it was it was all like what are you doing here aren't you supposed to be working tonight <laughs> I said, well i am but they said you've worked hard the last couple of weeks so you get a little time so i like he's, it. he's I calling a, in oh good
3: are, are you answering the phone yes i did okay jimmy you there are you? Do you have the iMac, Dave? Yeah. Look down. I am. At the board. I am.
6: Yeah.
3: I think and you have the wrong thing potted up. There he is. I bet okay. you that's him right there. Jimmy, you
6: there?
7: Yeah, I'm
3: here. Hey, All what's right. going
1: on, buddy? How are you?
7: Well, other than a really horrible echo, just fine.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, we got you coming in this coming Friday. It's been a long time since you've played Sally's. Uh, seven, yeah. eight years. I'm guessing. Yes. I've been there I've been there for at least five. We haven't seen you there since I've been there.
7: Well, it's been a long time since we've been back, we're really looking forward to coming back there, man.
1: Excellent. Uh, I saw you at the Berlin Blues Fest a few years ago. We had you with, uh, let's see, Tinsley Ellis was there, Alexis P. Suter. Absolutely. That was yeah. a hell of an afternoon of music and evening. It was tremendous. Uh, I
7: remember it being very hot.
1: Yes, <laughs> incredibly. <laughs> it was about 95 or so. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Lots of beers were consumed. Uh, Many. <laughs> one of my friends actually just saw you this past weekend in Cleveland.
7: Oh, yeah. You played
1: that. Was it the Winchester House or Winchester Room, whatever it yeah, is in Cleveland?
7: Winchester. Yeah, the Winchester. It's a converted bowling alley.
1: Oh, ah, okay. Fun. Is it like uh like Brooklyn Bowl? do they still bowl there, or
7: no no, no no, 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 they took all the alleys out and uh put a bunch of folding chairs and a stage in there and just let everybody have at it and uh it works out actually very well. It's the best sounding bowling alley I've ever played in. Okay? He Let's said put it. That
1: way. He said it was one of the best sounding rooms he's been in in ages. So it and my... actually
7: is, man. I mean, it's really. <laughs> they've got a great sound guy and some real good equipment, and he knows what he's doing with it. So it actually ends up sounding very good. It's the top uh, live joint in Cleveland right now, which is kind of amazing. You know, uh, Cleveland being well known for a lot of live music. And oh,
1: stuff. absolutely. It's,
7: you know, uh, go figure, the bowling alley wins. <laughs> uh,
1: Mike, he, he asked me to, to relay this question to you. He wanted to know who the woman who was singing with you that night was.
7: Her name is Mary Bridget Davies. Okay. And um, when she's not out with me, sometimes she is actually playing the part of Janice Joplin in the um, uh, Broadway play about her life. And uh, some other times she's actually out with Big Brother in the Holding Company. Oh wow! And uh, then she has her own band on the side, of course. So she's a busy girl.
1: Very nice. So yeah, hell we'll of give, a singer too. That's what he said. He said she was she was amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah. So we'll give we'll give a, people a little bit of background on you. Born in Pittsburgh. Yep. Raised in D.C. Yeah, that's correct. For many, many, many years, played with the Nighthawks.
7: Yeah. Cut my teeth with those guys started when I was, uh, you know, just a nipper and, uh, you know, went till, uh, oh, let's see, I guess I was with them for 17 years or something like that and started my own band, the Assassins, went for about five years with them. Um, That ended up being too big a band to really cart around, you know, 13 pieces and stuff.
1: Oh, my. And
7: uh, finally disbanded that, went to a trio, nothing like, you know, sim- oversimplifying things. Uh, anyway, I've been with it basically in a, in a trio format ever since. And I, I just love it. It's just my favorite thing to do, really.
1: Well, it gives you the opportunity, and, and them as well, to really stretch out and and go for it every single night. I don't
7: like night. to
1: share. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to share. Very nice. I do all
7: this stuff myself.
1: How many how many recordings are you actually on? Because didn't you guys with the Nighthawks oh my do a God, ton? I, I mean, are you on like 60 sat, recordings? Listen,
7: I sat down once to try to do a, a discography of myself for somebody who wanted it in the press or something. I lost count at like 56 or something like that records.
1: That's amazing. You know,
7: I, I, I'm on more records than John Lee Hooker. So. <laughs> So oh, I, I, I really couldn't I couldn't tell you there's just been so I mean, I started recording, making records in 1974 or 70. Yeah, 74 or five. And, you know, been making them ever since. So there's, there's
1: quite a few. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, are you going to be bringing any of the live album with you? Oh, yeah, to sell, absolutely. okay, okay, because oh, I need yeah. to get, I need to pick up one of those. It's probably oh, about no, the only we'll thing of yours of you I don't can. have.
8: <laughs> no problem.
1: Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Just a couple more questions, because I know you got to go. About what? About yeah. what age did you start playing?
7: Um, let's see. Uh, you know, somewhere around uh, twelve, thirteen. You know, about when the hormones began to kick in. You know.
1: Usually we ask everybody, why did you want to start playing guitar? And the answer is always chicks.
7: Well, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a pretty simple answer, usually. We like that one, too. Well,
7: yeah, well, you kind of figure out pretty easily, you know, the piano ain't going to do it.
1: No. So. <laughs> Plus, you got to cart that thing around with you, and it's too heavy.
7: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, no, no, no offense to the keyboard players and stuff. but Yeah, yeah in 1966, uh, you know. I mean, uh, that was that was what we were going for, you know. Uh, you know, guitar was the deal. You know, you were you were hearing all the surf music and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and the Animals and all that kind of stuff, and you know, the electric guitar was really, really starting to step out, and so make perfect sense.
1: Oh, absolutely,
7: makes sense for me anyway. You know, I, I went and saw my, my first little rock and roll band in seventh grade. saw those guys in the gymnasium, guys that I you know knew from the halls of the school we went to. And uh, there they were standing up on a stage with microphones, electric guitars, and wires, and screaming at the top of their lungs with the veins popping out of their necks. And the girls that we were all trying to get lucky with were... All standing in the front row, you know, swooning. I'm going, hey, that's for me. I got to
1: get me some of that. <laughs>
7: you know, yeah. I found my shortcut through life, mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, medical school or that? I'll take that. Yeah,
7: medical school or this stuff. Yeah, I think I go with this stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I will give you the opportunity to tell the audience what we've got. What your uh, What your new disc is called?
7: What the new disc is called is "Live as It Gets."
1: And uh, J.P. Soares and, uh, is on that with the horns, right?
7: J.P. J. and the hydraulic horns are all on it, and we uh, we were on the blues cruise out of San Diego, going down to Mexico. And uh, was that one of them it.
1: with Tommy Castro or no?
7: Yeah, Tommy's on that usually. Okay. He's, he He's he's usually being keel hauled, you know, <laughs> on that thing. And uh, anyway, somebody had the presence of mind to hit the record button, and the the darn recording came out really good and kind of you know we all kind of look at each other and say hey let's just put it out so we put it out excellent and, uh, it's selling like hot cakes we hope you guys pick one up and hope all the listeners do too and we'll be bringing a wheelbarrow full of them to the show so
1: that's what i like to hear uh yeah, that's once what again i like to hear jimmy i want to thank you for your time
7: no i know I you've to gotta, thank you for yours oh friend. absolutely Appreciate i know you've got so a show mind. to go
1: play your uh your manager let me know that you were on stage at seven thirty tonight so i don't want to take any more of your time i thank you very uh, much
7: yes the throngs are clamoring for us <laughs> we have to go all right man thanks very much for helping us out with this Appreciate absolutely
1: it. anything we can do for you jimmy thank you all
7: right we'll see you soon all, all right. right see you friday okay bye-bye
1: bye-bye That was Jimmy Thackeray from Jimmy Thackeray and the Drivers. I'm going to jump right into the next song we're going to play. This is a little bit of Joe Crown from this past weekend. Uh, Joe Crown Trio was in on Thursday evening. This is a song called Steal Away.
9: Let you. Yeah, there's no to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on your own books. If they don't to prove. Things like me. We didn't have to do. I won't tell. Nobody else. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it all No. i <laughs> to
0: On the horn, the Hartford Online Radio Network, radio's heart and soul, online.
1: That was Brian McDonald with Warren Zevon's "Carmelita." Brian's going to be coming back on the twenty seventh of April. We're going to have Brian in the studio with us the twenty fourth of April again for the entire evening. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. That's going to be awesome. He's got he's got a lot of really cool things happening to him right now. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have him in the, in the studio with us. Uh, potentially with uh with an author who has written a biography on Warren Zevon called Lawyers, Guns, and Photos. So if uh, if George, the guy who's the author, is in the area, we've I've offered him the opportunity to come in and do a little bit of stuff with us too. So again, that'll be April twenty fourth. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in the next couple of weeks. So. We're going to move on to uh, this, uh, excuse me, next Saturday, the 6th of April. We have Mike Crandall Band coming in. Uh, So I figure I'll give you a little bit of Mike right now. Wonderful harmonica player, great singer. Uh, uh, April 6th, is that? Yeah, Saturday, I believe. So here we go. Here's the Mike Crandall Band, Just Living the Blues.
10: It's going to get better, my friend, so don't let it get you down. I said, people, you're just living the blues. I said, people, you know you're just living the blues. Well, now things are getting tougher, life is getting rougher. Seems like the world's coming to an end. A little bit of love Seems like you ain't even got one frown When something comes back down It's gonna get better Something's gonna come around for you Don't ever give up Good Lord's gonna tell you Things are gonna get better for you I said, people You're just living
1: CentralCTDental.com, Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. For serious issues or routine checkup, go nowhere else. Easy to get to on the Farmington Plainville line. Call 860 747 5761 or make an appointment online at CentralCTDental.com.
2: Also, have our friends from Deepwater Seafood of Avon just for the halibut, Farmington Valley's freshest seafood. They will work with you and your schedule. Call ahead 860-676-9657 or fax 677-2281. Deepwater will set aside your order for pickup after work, Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. through 6.30 p.m., Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., sea scallops, fresh oysters, fish and chips, soup, bisques, chowders. Having a party? Paella for 12 and a salad is all you need. Made with spicy chicken and andouille sausage, scallops, shrimp, and halibut, deep-water seafood of Avon for the halibut.
1: Next up, we got Sugar Ray from Sugar Ray in the Blue Tones. He's coming down to Black Eyed Sally's on the 19th of May. This is from his album Knockout. The song is called Talk to Me.
0: Oxford Online Radio Network, on the horn. On the horn Well, I begged
4: my doctor just the other day. Some take this ache away. Said, I don't know, don't think I should. For oh, a couple hundred dollars, well, maybe I could. <laughs> Press the magic button on my telephone. Come on over, baby, I'm all 800, that sound about right. Well, a couple more bills, I'll be yours all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money talks, I heard say, that's the way of the world today. Everybody knows it's always been that way, so. Pour me a shot Wild Oak Whiskey Not that Tucky Rot Well I love Still in Tennessee It's gold metal stuff And it's sure to please mm-hmm. yeah, My little I heard them say That's the way Of the world today Everybody knows the been that way So pull up now or walk away.
1: You gotta pay pay. This not one of those
8: songs. <laughs>
4: Things right. you said, I saw you last Sunday when you came to pray. And you didn't throw nothing in the big brass plate. On that talks, I heard him say, that's the way of the world today. Everybody knows it's always been that way. So put them now, don't put up now walk away. Everybody knows you gotta pay the plate. Even Jesus knows you gotta pay the plate.
1: Taz Crew off his album Grizzle and Bone. The song is called Money Talks. Dave, you want to tell me what you guys got coming up on uh, News Talk tonight?
2: Well, it appears as though we are going to have Senator Michael McLaughlin. Uh, He's the senator from Bethel, Danbury, New Fairfield, and Sherman. Okay. Uh, And we're also apparently going to have a little conversation with Secretary of State Denise Merrill about the absentee voting, which. Could be interesting, yeah interesting uh, I mean we we do have stuff coming down the pike as far as being able to register to vote for this on the same day as elections okay that's coming through the legislature right now, uh so you know it's it's all tied in, and of course, having the Secretary of State talk about it it's a good <laughs> idea since she's in charge of voting she's the one in <laughs> charge of it exactly. pretty much so I'm looking forward to
1: it okay uh, is uh date doctor on is Jen here tonight?
2: My hope is that Jen is going to be here tonight. Okay, and certainly it's going to be Brian and me, and Brian's threatening to have me produce the show, and I—I I don't know. We it's, know what that means. Yes. <laughs> not <laughs> flawlessness. <laughs> let's put it that way. Not flawlessness. But we're getting there.
1: In time. In time. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think we've done a much better job on this than we did last week. So yeah, no well, complaints so far. So good. Uh. I'm going to give you a double shot here of Jimmy Thackeray. The first tune is called Center Street. Nice. Uh, It's off of his album Guitar, which is basically an entire album of instrumentals. So this piece is an instrumental. And after that, we're going to have him play in Can't Lose What You Never Had. So here is Jimmy Thackeray.
0: DJs. You'll get a kick out of this one. Instead, uh, we got these guys. 47% of people on the radio don't wear pants. It's a fact. It's a work in progress. On thehorn.com. On the <laughs>
4: Got busted, ain't that sad? Well, you can't spell what you ain't got. You can't lose what you ain't never had. Got burnt out, people ain't that sad Well, you know, it was my own fault It got burned out, people ain't that sad
1: That was Jimmy Thackeray and the Drivers giving you Sinner Street First and Instrumental off his album Guitar and Can't Lose What You Never Had off Healing Ground. Jimmy's going to be at Black Eyed Sally's, as we said earlier in the show, this coming Friday. This coming Saturday, the return of Christine Ullman. Looking forward to that. Here's from Christine's album, The Deep End, is the song The Deep End.
11: the shallow water, never afraid of the dark. water
1: Here's this week's rundown. Tuesday, Mike Palin's Other Orchestra. Wednesday, Community Jam Blues Open Mic, this week hosted by Tim McDonald. Friday, Jimmy Thackeray and the Drivers. Saturday, Christine Ullman and Rebel Montez. Monday Night Jazz, the featured artists next week, or artists next week, will be the Heart School Ensemble, directed by Lummy Span. I hope to see you all down at Blackout Sally's this week. But if not, please continue to support live music wherever you are. See you all next week.
12: Budwitz & Meyerjack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyerjack,
6: certified public accountants. Sandit's Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sandit's Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sandit's Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sandit's Travel. We'll take you there. At home, work, or your favorite coffee shop, if there's
0: a Wi-Fi connection, get on the Horn. Hartford's heart and soul. On thehorn.com. better than a cod liver shake, and a lot more accessible, on The
11: Hoard.
3: Well hi everybody, how are you? It's nice to be back. You're listening to On the Horn, the Hartford Online Radio Network. And news talk tonight brought to you by Gateway Financial Group, the accounting firm of Budwitz & Meyer Jack, deepwater seafood of Avon Sherpa Technologies, and Central CTDental.com, Doctors Camp, Sambor, and Lupini. Big show tonight, uh, kind of a round-robin of discussions. We're going to try a couple fun things. We have just ripped a couple headlines and, and talk about them. But also, uh, State Senator Michael McLaughlin is going to be calling in. He's the Republican from the 24th. Uh, That's uh, Bethel, Danbury, New Fairfield, and uh, Sherman. And he's going to be talking about absentee ballots. We have this rule where only a few people can actually uh, submit an absentee ballot. And that is uh, folks who are sick, physically disabled, serving in military, out uh, serving in the town election on election day in another town. Fascinating. And uh, if you're just regular, you know, traveling that day, Um, And also a few religious reasons uh, prohibit you from taking part in this secular activity, which is voting. All day religious? All day religious things. Hey, you know, who knows? Um, So that's going to be fun. Oh, I see we have uh, our good friend Tom Hill in the chat room. Hello, Tom Hill. Met with Tom Hill today. If you don't know who he is, you need to go over to uh, the Waterbury area and listen to him on WATR. Uh, great little show he has uh, going on over there on Saturday mornings. Tom, nice to see you. Figure out a username and password, and you can say hello to me in the chat room. <laughs> um, but So we're going to be talking to uh, McLaughlin about that, and then uh, just some other kind of fun stuff that we thought we would run through here. And uh, did we want to do the news? Are you ready for the news, or are you going gonna to skip this week?
9: <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That you was, know, last uh, week,
3: last week, we had time off. We had time off for good behavior. And Dave, <laughs> but Dave had behavior. to do the other shows. He was producing the other. I was actually just talking to Tom Hill today at lunch about this, uh, how he runs his own board and he likes all of that kind of stuff. Thanks for the the hunky lunch, Tom <laughs> says. <Okay. laughs> hunky lunch. And oh, my. That's very exciting. I <laughs> um, you know what that means? <laughs> we had
6: uh cowboy
3: steaks. <laughs> grilled in the fire, um, but you know, t- typically I'm I'm from the kind of old school generation. Just from the guys that you know taught me radio, where you, you run your own board kind of thing. But most of the really really successful folks uh, have other board operators, and there's a few things that you always have to do as the producer to run, um, or or the, or the the main talent to run. But last week, Dave was there in my stead for the other two shows—the music show and uh, and the business show—and it showed. And uh, and you know, it was his first. It was his first big week doing it, and I wasn't here, so that was exciting. He did a little bit under my tutelage uh, the week before, but uh, so this week they said, you know, you're going to get Dave on your show this week, and you're going to know what it's like. <laughs> Not to have the crispness. But I think you're doing a great job. Let me tell you. There's a lot to learn. If you guys saw the board, it's huge. It's it's bigger than any broadcast board I've ever worked at. You know, most broadcast boards are about, you know, fifteen to eighteen channels and knobs and buttons everywhere. This thing has hundreds of buttons and knobs and sliders. So 24 channels. Twenty-four channels. Just it's great. So it's it's a lot to learn. Uh, I I'm do. here with uh, Dave Moore, obviously, and uh, Jen. Just hello, Jen.
13: Hi, Brian. How you I was
3: looking at my schedule. You're taking off in a couple weeks. What were you doing again?
13: Uh, I have a, a business event.
3: A business event. Yes. Yes. Are you going into business? Nope. Excellent. <laughs> and the mystery continues. We don't actually know how
2: I what she fundraise does during for the a day. living. She fundraises. I do political
13: fundraising, and there's a I believe there's a fundraiser that night.
2: Which you know, it's it's a big big deal. So <clears throat> yes, we are now entering into the political season. That's right. Well, it it's actually
13: kind necessary. of. I mean, I'm not allowed. Wait, I'm not allowed to do that much fundraising during session because we're not allowed to raise from lobbyists and PACs and stuff. Right. So it's rare that we can get a bunch of regular individuals together.
3: Do you think you should pot up the um, the uh, hotline yes. phone number just in case? So you didn't have the... I will. Other one there, sort of raising up the other one.
2: I do have news if you want.
3: No, well, you know, (laughs) concentrate on this. You're doing a great job. Who needs news? Who needs news? News schmooze. We got lots of stuff to talk about here. This is interesting, and uh, we got about four minutes to, to discuss this. The Obama campaign has canceled some of their merchandising. All these campaigns that you can always buy. You have one with Obama and a beautiful scarf. I do. That I think your your mom gave to you or something. Yes, it was actually They're...
13: made in Kenya. Nice.
3: Of course, of course it was.
13: Not by his grandmother or whatever.
3: Oh, I was really going on the oh. not made in the USA. No. But anyway, <laughs> there's another joke there. But um, <laughs> my... oh, don't do it, don't no. do it, don't <laughs> go oh my, there. Pull back, pull back. <laughs> I don't believe it, but it's just a good joke. <laughs> um, so they are they are canceling their hoodies. You know, they they get you know all sorts of yep. hoodie sales. So if you want to buy a hoodie with Obama on it, they've canceled that because of this uh, Trayvon Martin controversy. And uh, they were temporarily discounted to 40 bucks before they finally said, you know what, this is just not going to work.
13: You know, I, it's interesting, though, because I've heard of people wearing hoodies more often to try to protest. Like, why? Just because you're wearing a hoodie or a hijab, for example, also with this woman who died horribly also. Mm-hmm. Um that clothing shouldn't matter so i think that's i i'm actually kind of perplexed i, I mean i'm surprised
3: it. by it because i mean if it, it was already up there it was already for sale it wasn't like he after yes. this you know after trayvon martin last was it last month or two months ago now uh, it, was it was a month ago. ago it was a month ago um you know after that it's not like they ran out there and said hey you know we need to commission these these Obama hoodies. Yeah, I
13: don't understand. You know, he was already actually. up there
3: and and I get it. So I think they could have gotten a pass. I mean, you would probably get some guys like Rush Limbaugh who would, you know, unfairly pounce, pounce take advantage it. of it, but I I don't know.
2: And with what has been coming out um in the last 24 hours, it's probably just as well because you're hearing, quote, the other side and it's just going to make the controversy live for a lot longer. And the campaign does not need to deal with that kind of stuff.
13: I don't know, though. I don't understand why they should stop selling hoodies because hoodies are not. I mean, if no matter what the actual truth is, mm-hmm. the fact that somehow a hoodie, I, I just I it's just like, you know, women shouldn't wear provocative clothing because it makes them more rapable or whatever. I mean, mm. I really have a problem with you need to be careful what you wear. I really have a problem with that.
3: <clears throat> I. I, I mean, I think there's, you know, you should be careful with what you wear, but not for those reasons, you know, like the Obama hoodie, you know, whatever, G- grab one. I have like 12, not Obama hoodies, but I have like 12 different hoodies that I wear. I'm not like some gangster guy. Do they come with mittens? <laughs> I have some great Canada mittens. By the way, I, It is. it has been confirmed again for me. I was down in Florida playing golf last week, and we had... Um, you know, you know, you make foursomes with whoever the starter teams you up with, and uh, Hillary was taking a little time off, so I was a, I was a single. I got teamed up with this lovely couple from Canada, and they just you know, continually solidify that people from Canada are just nice. Hmm. They're just lovely people. Every time I talk to them, they're always they always have positive things to say, positive outlook on life. They, I I just you know I like Canada.
13: I wonder why that is.
3: I don't know. I Good medicine. It, it, it,
13: <laughs> Great health care. <laughs> <sighs> They're really
2: healthy, eh? <laughs> eh? Uh
3: a little quick hit thing here before uh before uh, Senator Mike calls in. Women uh, beach volleyball players don't have to wear bikinis at Olympics from Yahoo Sports. First of all
13: speaking of clothing. I
3: didn't know I didn't know they had to.
13: Yeah, I think that's interesting.
3: I I didn't know that there was a requirement, but apparently they were required to do this. Women beach volleyball players don't have to wear bikinis in the 2012 London Olympics. A new rule announced Tuesday said that the participants in the uh, summer's beach volleyball competition can wear shorts and sleeved tops. Whatever that. Sleeved tops? As opposed to sleeveless. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, athletes in the event have exclusively worn bikinis since the sport was introduced in 1996 in Atlanta. Competitors can also wear bodysuits in cold weather. And if it's that cold, you really shouldn't be playing volleyball. But, <laughs> but, right,
13: exactly.
8: Um,
3: Get hurt. But this is interesting. Shorts of a maximum length of 1.18 inches above the knee. So you can't have like the uh, like the basketball shorts, shorts, shorts or, or right. board shorts. But I don't think you would want that because it would yeah. interfere with. So, I mean, if someone did wear that, you would have an advantage, I would imagine. But um, so I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see if, you know, like what if there are some of the folks that wanted to wear the bikinis and now they would feel. Awkward. Now they would feel awkward and silly that they're still wearing the bikinis when they don't have to. They're trying to be sexually uh, excitable or whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know.
13: Right. I, mean, I wonder where the, rule, I mean, where the change came from. Was it- The Queen the- of England. <laughs> <laughs> of course it would be the London Olympics. Can't that would have Charles
9: for- <laughs> being so excited now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, you know, the star is already running stories about how s- Charles and Camilla are splitsville. So, what? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, really?
13: Yeah. You're really up on the news. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's a scary, especially thing. that kind of news.
13: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who would have
3: known? I, Men I in really, Black. You know, I, I pay no attention. <laughs> it's kind of fun to have a Queen of England and stuff. Um, it's really fun. I mean, it's it's fun just for the sake of like it's a figurehead and whatever. Just so for I get the wave, <laughs> right? But it and is bizarre. It it is. <laughs> Oh, Tom Hill says, uh, my hoodies from the Farmington Country Club are very suave. (laughs) And you know what they are? They are. You want to make something of it? They are. (laughs) Don't.
2: Come on now. Don't be down in the the country club. That's called hitting Country Club (laughs) of Farmington. If they made all
13: hoodies pink, nobody would be scared of them. They should just say, you can buy buy hoodies, but they have to be pink.
2: Hot no pink, so you can see them at night.
13: <laughs> <laughs> Great
3: for South Miami. Pink hoodie for the gay guy. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know if that would really go over very well. Yeah. I'm trying to read this. Uh, AP reports the field at London's beach volleyball competition won't be dictated by world ranking. Qualifying tournaments on various continents will fill twenty-four. will fill the 24 teams. Now I'm trying to figure out how that relates to the story of women beach volleyball players don't have to wear bikinis. i wonder if this is one of those like
13: <laughs> did they put a headline click, up there to get you in and then click like, me <laughs>
3: in and then I mean they, but they did go through the whole rule here a little cut and paste mishap. Probably. Yeah, you know that happens a lot though with um with these headlines because you know all of us in in Blogsville we want page views so we have to be very creative with our headlines. And not creative like lie, but right. you just want, you want to get a really good headline out there. You right. want a hook. Much like the old days when, you know, you would get the newspaper and, you know, you would only see the very first headline or something like that. You wanted a really good headline. Um, but now there was a, a, a controversy with the new iPad, the new iPad, whatever the generation three, mm-hmm. that they're stopping the naming of them. Right. Um, and one was, uh, you know, overheating. And there is no overheating problem, but the people wanted clicks, and uh, I think it was it wasn't CNET, but it was one of these other you know oh, tech oh, blogs. That's interesting. Okay. And uh, and Apple just and ended up like laughing at them, saying there's no overheating problem. Right. Like we've been playing games on this for like 24 hours straight, no overheating problem, but
13: now uh, I, it's an inter- well, I don't know how interesting it is, but. These days, keywords are the things that tend to get you more clicks. Is that right? So it's, it's not even necessary yeah. that a headline... Can a headline not necessarily be that provocative, but have the keyword... I mean, there are certain keywords that yeah. will bring you more clicks. Yeah.
3: The, I mean, all of this is based on an algorithm that Google changes often. Right. And no one really knows what that algorithm is. So the real key is... Well, I mean, their goal, Google's goal is they don't want you to cheat the system. What they want to do is get people who provide original content on a regular basis and have a lot of it.
9: Right.
3: Those people are, is what Google is trying to push to the top. And they're very um, smart people out there who know how to play the game and, and get some of the stuff out there that maybe shouldn't really, you know, news aggregators. You could even say that uh, we're a bit of a news aggregator. There's guess, the heightline Guess what? <laughs> the That's senator's it. calling in. Terrific. You want to answer the phone? Four no. rings too many more time. We have answered the phone. <laughs> uh, is this uh, Senator Michael McLaughlin?
7: Senator McLaughlin, how are you?
3: Michael, how are you, sir? This is Brian Parker. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in.
7: Thank you, and I apologize. I have uh, I to be on the cell phone speaker, but I got stuck in a meeting.
3: Oh, dear. I, I hate those pesky meetings. Was this... Uh, was this uh, private meeting, or was this for the public meeting?
7: Uh, actually, it was the uh, Republican Town Committee meeting in my district, and they were doing uh, candidate endorsements. So uh, that's part of the process. You have to get the nomination of your own party first, and then uh, you pull on to the general election.
3: There you go. Now, you are, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but are, are you also involved in real estate? Is that your main job?
7: Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a commercial real estate person
3: okay that's what i'd heard i, I had had that's, lunch with that's this how
7: you have to make a living uh in connecticut it's a part-time legislature with a about a thirty thousand dollar salary as a legislator so
3: well are you saying that that's not enough what are you come on how you, you know ramen noodles my man ramen noodles um now i i actually had lunch with uh with a gentleman named tom hill from WATR today oh, we lost and, him and uh oh we lost him huh Yep. Well, hopefully he'll call back. Clearly, it was because I mentioned Tom Hill's name again. There's some sort of thing; can only do it like three times. I went to, for the fourth. It it wasn't going to work. It's like Beetlejuice, it's like Beetle <laughs> But but uh, which is interesting because that's actually how you say the name of that planet, right? Is Beetle but he was really? Beetlejuice. Huh. But Beetlejuice is the movie. It's a right. great movie. It is a good movie. How we're going to get back to this discussion, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, let me tell you about it. Um, Secretary of the State Denise Merrill testified at a public hearing on Friday in support of a proposal to modernize the state's voting system uh, to include constitutional amendments to clear the way for no-excuse absentee balloting. Now, it sounds weird because it says no excuse, but what that means is you don't have to have the legitimate excuse for um, wanting to vote by absentee ballot uh, right now in order to qualify absentee ballot must be you must be sick physically disabled servant in the military out of town on election day working at a working as a poll worker at another town oh yep, here he comes great or uh, or for religious reasons uh, Mike you there Michael Bueller I'm I'm hearing fuzzing, so... I, it sounds like he's there, but he's not there. Mike, you there? No, he must be in a bad cell area. Yeah. And that's why... Yep, and he's gone. Okay. <sighs> oh, well. Modern technology. That's unfortunate. But this is... So, uh, or religious reasons um, prevent you from doing a secular activity like voting on Election Day, which you said...
13: Well, I guess what if they did have is... Saturday voting, and you were Jewish, then or you had a holiday, but
2: most of the holidays—what holidays
13: well, see, what holiday is on a Tuesday?
2: In November. In November. Yeah, yeah.
13: I believe that's Election Day. Yep. Is the holiday is the, is that the everyone hol- gets off for? That's right.
2: Um, Maybe Hari Krishna. I
3: suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I you know what, what do you think of this? I I'm in favor of it. There was always this big push to get more people to the polls. And it seems like we have this process in place. We have this system in place already. Why not use it more? But because of these crazy restrictions, um, you know, we're not able to to vote absentee, which, though I may have misspoken before. Was this one of my words with friends I just heard? Oh, yes. Okay. My wife has moved in words with friends. She's killing me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about him the senator. That's why I'm like, okay, here. You take the phone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it just seems silly to me. We we are, we have this system. If you want to vote early, go ahead. Knock yourself out. All that's going to do is is free up the lines and the traffic, Absolutely. which is a public hazard.
13: Why is an amendment to the Constitution necessary? What is there in the Constitution? Because
3: it's... It, it spells out in the Constitution. Oh, it must be now. It's been bastardized. Apparently, there is a thing in here where she was looking back. Merrill was looking back, trying to do research on the issue. Uh, let's see. Leave the language put, was put into the Constitution somewhere around World War Two to ensure that deployed soldiers had some mechanism to vote on election day. Terrific. Uh, it was actually a liberalization of the uh, of the old way which i guess means you, you had to show up and if you couldn't show up then you couldn't vote which is unfair so it it was for a good reason for the similar reason that i'm saying get more people to the polls but it uh somehow it got bastardized into you you know you have to have a legitimate excuse and and i have said you know maybe somewhat jokingly <laughs> wink wink no nudge, nudge <laughs> that I, I do this often like yeah. if i just feel like you know i send in the absentee ballot, and, and, and off I'm going. Um, the last time I did it, I knew I was going to be away, and then it got canceled, and so I was here. Right. And I was at, um, let's see, it was uh, Chris Murphy was, was the big story that day. I had voted, you know, however long ago, a few weeks before election day, uh, for Chris Murphy over Nancy Johnson. And I, then I was going to be out of town on Election Day. But as it turns out, I was in town. And then I got invited to uh, the YMCA. One of the, the CEO there was retiring. So they invited me down um, to uh, you know, take part in their little festivities for the going away party. And turns out, Nancy Johnson, big fan of the New Britain, Berlin YMCA, sitting right next to me. <laughs> and I'm like, how you doing? What's going I, on? Didn't vote hey, for you. Sorry, you like your chances tonight. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know you won't get a one vote. Um, not that I had a big problem with Nancy Johnson. I, I don't think. She, I just think it was time for something new. Um,
13: and you were right. It turned out.
3: And, and it was. And, and, well, maybe not. You know, had Chris Murphy not won, we may not have this this void coming in our fifth district Congress seat. 'Cause Nancy Johnson would probably still be running for Congress. No. No. No, you think she would have done no. something else? She probably would have retired. She would have yeah.
13: retired. I don't think she, she would have gone
3: Senate. No. No. Okay. No. She was done. <laughs> she probably um, had two more terms in her and that would have been it. Right. <laughs> Some of these I'm reading off of I think this is C, yeah, this is CT News Junkie. Had this story. I think Hugh McQuaid did this. He did the photo. Uh yeah, it was him. Um some of this is really funny. This guy says, uh, "Who is this?" Oh, now what is uh, is the poster's name? Anybody who claims they have a problem with this concept is either nuts, or believes that their own political persuasion stands a better chance at the polls when there's low voter turnout. Absolutely true, <laughs> and well said. Because it's like you know, if your message sucks, your message sucks. You know, get, get out there, get as many people to
2: vote. One of the problems that has been cropping up in the last two years is that you have several states in the Midwest uh, that are of a more conservative stripe that are now limiting the ability for people to either register to vote or to actually show up and vote because they're requiring picture IDs. And poor folks and old folks, for, for the most part, have a problem getting photo IDs. So you're talking about the Republicans saying, "No, we're trying to, you know, organize and make it simpler to run the elections." And the Democrats are saying, "You're trying to cut out various and sundry blocks of people from being able to vote uh mostly our base." And So you have this, it's been happening in Wisconsin, it's been happening in Indiana. Uh, It's interesting how Connecticut is going completely the opposite direction. Let's see if we can get, there
3: we go. All right. Uh, Senator Mike, are you there?
7: Sorry about that. You know, when you're in rural Connecticut, you (laughs) still have to climb to the top of the hill to get uh, (laughs) cell coverage service. It's like the old days of the antennas on our TV, you know? All right, so
3: let's see. You cover four areas, Bethel, Danbury, New Fairfield, and Sherman. Which one dropped your call?
7: <laughs> I was on the Sherman-New Fairfield border. Oh. And that's uh, that's actually an area where uh, the neighbors don't want more cell towers, and I don't blame them.
3: You don't blame them? But you have you dropped the call. Come on, you, you got to blame them. Someone's got to be the scapegoat here, Michael.
7: Yeah, well, I've, I've defended the neighbors when they wanted to oppose a cell tower, so...
3: Well that's good. It is. um we were talking about uh, uh Denise Merrill uh testified on Friday in support of a modernization act to the constitution uh about this no excuse absentee ballot voting we wanted to kind of gauge your um your interest on this i know you know you're one of these guys that's involved in, it seems like, almost everything. Your name is always popping up on on News Junkie and several of the other sites. And, but it, this seems like one of those issues that it's just sort of a duh. Uh, currently, you know, there are very strict guidelines, sick, disabled, military, out of country. Um, you're, you're a poll worker working in a different town or religion. Those are the only reasons that you can fill out an absentee ballot. But we want more people to vote. Doesn't it seem logical that this would be a great way to get out the vote campaign here?
7: Well, I think it's uh, it's a little bit more complicated than, than that I'll um, why. We run by a state constitution, and that's what they're asking to change is our constitution. Statute or law is a different story. And my point is that I don't believe that we should lower the barriers that are currently within the state constitution until we have a clear picture what direction they want to go with a change in statute. And so my point is a change in the constitution uh, has a high bar uh, before we're allowed to do anything. In fact, Two thirds of uh, all of the legislators, 187 legislators, must approve that before it can go to the voters in November. Uh, and if that's not the case, then it's uh, if it's 50 percent a simple majority, then it has to happen two years in a row, uh, and then it goes to the voters. The reason why there's a high bar to make a change in the constitution is because that is a very dramatic change, no different than it would be on a on a national basis, yeah. uh, you know, you want to change the national constitution, the United States Constitution. Uh, you have to have thirty-seven or thirty-eight states, I think, uh, uh, ratify a change uh, before that occurs. So, the point is, uh, my objection is not necessarily that we need to make some change. I agree that access to the ballot, uh, uh, good, uh, clear access to the ballot, is very important. Uh, I don't like. Uh, not having direction before we make a constitutional change. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> the voters of Connecticut clearly asked uh, the legislators in 1991, when we got the income tax, to implement a constitutional spending cap. And they approved it by an 83 or 84 percent margin, yes. The state legislature has yet to do what the voters asked them to do in 1992. So my point is, even when we have a change to the Constitution that's been mandated by the voters, this legislature and my predecessors in the legislature have failed to enact what the voters have asked for. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. Number three is that if you put a question on the ballot uh, to change the Constitution, the words that you put into that question cannot accurately depict what's actually going to happen because it's so complicated. So all I'm asking them to do is slow down. If you want to make changes, then lay out very clearly for the voters of Connecticut what it is you want to do, and then proceed with a constitutional change and follow up with the second step, which is statutory change uh, by changing the law. Um, they're, I think they're uh, putting the cart before the horse. Uh, they're asking for a very dramatic change in state government uh, before having a very clear plan of how to proceed next.
3: So you would suggest then that we kind of bring this up in the in the public arena and see if people want this. I mean, it, it, just because it's hard doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't do it. It's gonna be it's hard oh. to balance the budget every year, but we really ought to do it. You know what? What do you think that? What do you think the next step is? What would be the downside of doing this? How could this be misinterpreted or or used improperly?
7: Well, I think first of all that um, uh, unfettered access to vote um, that is not properly implemented could bring us voter fraud, and I have grave concerns about that. Uh, I want to make sure that the changes that are being made are going to be made in such a way that we can assure the validity uh, uh, of our vote. and uh, that can be made very clearly uh, protected as long as we have a clear plan of direction. What I'm saying is they don't have a clear plan. They just want to lower the bar so that then they can have a simple majority to make very dramatic changes in current election law, the Constitution states that they can't make very dramatic changes in election law. I think that rule is there for a reason. I think that, that rule should stay there until we're clear what the changes are going to be.
3: Okay. Um, but in in theory, you favor this idea of um, letting people get absentee. Like the, the There's a great example here that that uh, Merrill gives a spouse who is a caregiver for their husband or wife and who does not leave, uh, their spouse, uh, you know, does not leave their bedside, can't vote by absentee ballot because they can't get out.
7: And, and that's a valid argument. Uh, some suggest, and I'm not a lawyer, but some suggest that that could be, uh, uh, fixed by way of statute. Um, not a constitutional change Uh, I can't say that specifically but those are the kinds of concerns that I would agree with I do agree that we need to find ways to encourage more voting I believe we need to find more ways to uh, make it easier to vote Um, I just want to be very clear uh, that any changes that are being proposed are clear to the voters before they lower the bar They have very high uh, fence around election law because it's in the Constitution right now. All I'm saying is, and this is my point, it's not that I disagree with the the underlying request. What I'm disagreeing with is the process they are using to get to that change. They're not, um, uh, they're putting the cart before the horse, I believe, very strongly in, in this regard. And I think that they need to have a clear direction before we lower the bar.
3: Okay. Outside of this debate, in general, um, would you prefer, if we could, if somehow, you know, in a utopian society, would you prefer that everyone go to a, a polling place and cast their vote in person? Or would you think the ideal situation would be somehow, securely, we could all you know, log on to the Internet and cast our vote and be done with it that way?
7: No, I, I believe that um, I, I prefer in-person voting. Uh, I understand the value of having uh, easy absentee ballot voting available. Let me give you an example of something that I'm very much in favor of. I'm in favor of online voting only for military. and Let me explain why. Because if you are deployed overseas in the military, our timeline to apply for an absentee ballot and get the ballot back in time to fill it out and then return around and send it by mail back to the town hall for counting before Election Day, they don't give you enough time. So military votes are not being counted. I believe the military should vote online. Uh, and we could set up a way to do that now. We could do that now through secure defense websites, uh, right. and I believe that that could be done securely. I'm not necessarily in favor of that being available to the general public.
3: Okay, and you would just say, I would imagine by military, you would include folks, you know, other federal, federal and state employees who are by the very nature of their job not in the country.
7: Uh, we could talk about that, sure. I mean, you know,
3: there's there are hundreds of, um, you know, Treasury Department employees that are uh, across the globe helping helping other uh, countries right now on loan, really from the United States Treasury Department. Uh, you know, set up a more and more vibrant, uh, you know, economic system for themselves. Clearly, those folks would probably be in in the same boat as, as military personnel, right?
7: As, as would the State Department employees we yeah. are yeah. across the globe. Yeah, I, I think we could talk about that. Um, uh, I think that's a valid point. Um, there are, you know, American nationals working uh, uh, overseas. We we can talk about those things. I think that the, the reason why I support, uh, I mean, we talk about military, because that's the biggest population that's overseas right. that are American citizens, uh, I, I believe that they are disenfranchised under the current absentee ballot system and that's across the country it's not just connecticut we have a tight window of availability from when the absentee ballot applications are available to the time when you can get that processed and get it in uh... you know it's a three-way uh... u.s mail process uh... you apply for the absentee ballot it is mailed the ballot is mailed to you, then you have to set mail the ballot back. So it's three times in the mail, and it all has to happen in a relatively short period of time, which can't happen uh, with the current mail delivery system. So uh, I'm in favor of online voting for that purpose. Uh, secure online voting through secure government websites. Uh, I think that that, that overcomes the security objections that have existed in other states with online voting.
3: Okay. We've been talking with uh, Senator Michael McCulloch from uh, the Republican 24th, Bethel, and Danbury, and New Fairfield, and Sherman. Hey, buddy, thanks very much for your time. We do have one little question here. If you can do it quickly from our chat room, they want to know how long you've been in office and why did you put yourself out in the public arena?
7: Uh, well, that's a good question. i I was uh, elected in two thousand and eight, took office in January two thousand and nine. I'm in my second term. I just announced last night that I uh, decided to run for a third term. Uh, so if I'm successful, uh, uh, that would mean a total of six years. We have two year terms. I've been around politics all my life. This is my first elected office, but I've been a campaign worker and a volunteer, and uh, uh, I just believe that public service, uh, in my mind, is, uh, is very important for our uh, uh, country to, to operate well. And, and it means a lot for me to try to pitch in in a small way uh, by way of it being an elected official.
3: Well, certainly we do appreciate that and we do recognize that. You know, it's interesting. It has gotten very complicated, all of the issues here, in not only in, in the United States, but especially even in Connecticut. Do you think folks like you, do you think those sort of positions should become now full-time gigs as opposed to part-time gigs when it was, you know, you work in your office and then you go, and when it's in session you try to work out some bills uh, for the state? Do do you think these should become full-time positions now?
7: Well, you know, there are arguments in in favor of that uh, across the country. The state of New York, uh, a state senator in New York, uh, I think, is paid uh, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. A state senator in Connecticut is paid about thirty thousand. Uh, we're a part-time legislature, between three and six months out of the year, depending upon which year it is. Um, others would say that uh, legislatures only meet every other year, and only for a short period of time. So it, it's uh, it's a wide variety across the country. You know, in in uh, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, they only meet for 30 days. Um, in um, in some other states, they only meet for a couple of months. So, should it be a full time job? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, I like the idea of a citizen legislature. Mm. Um, one of the challenges in Connecticut is uh, it is so complicated uh, that it is difficult, quite frankly, to recruit candidates who can. Uh, have flexibility in their regular career right uh, to dedicate to being a legislator as well and it is my my real estate business that allows me that flexibility but you know when I'm in session, uh, I'm not working essentially so um, it, you know that's why you'll find a lot of uh, retirees involved. you'll certainly find a lot of lawyers uh, there's a there's a, that's the largest occupation of the state legislature, um, it's difficult to recruit uh, candidates because of that complication.
3: Yeah, you almost need folks in that sort of sales or um, or professional service. Exactly right, just to, so you can have the flexibility to actually show up when you're supposed to show up uh, during session. But, you know, that might make a very interesting topic. Uh, Mike, it was great to have you on. Would you mind if we, uh, if we got you on again in a short time?
7: Thank you. Appreciate the invitation, and uh, and keep up the good work.
3: All right, pal. There he is, uh, our good Senator, Mister McLaughlin. There from uh, Bethel, Danbury, New Fairfield, Sherman. I actually don't know what town he lives in. Wouldn't it be funny if he was like from New Britain? It, it should be one of the four. It should be one of the four, but you know, it is the state of Connecticut. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to do a, a little, uh, a little. I love you to uh, CT. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, centralctdental.com, while Dave queues up the other commercials for us. Uh, Doctors Camp Sambor and Lupini, thank you very much for your support. Folks, for serious issues or just a routine checkup, go nowhere else. It's easy to get to on the Plainville Farmington line. You can call ahead at 860-747-5761. Or get this, I think this is so smart for dentists, so good, you can make an appointment online at centralctdental.com. We are News Talk tonight. We're going to be back right after this.
0: on
12: thehorn.com Budwitz & Meyerjack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyerjack,
6: certified public accountants. Sand It's Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sand Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sand Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sand Travel. We'll take you there.
2: And we're also sponsored by our friends at Deepwater Seafood of Avon, just for the halibut. Farmington Valley's freshest seafood, they will work with you and your schedule. Call ahead 860-676-9657 or fax 677-2281. Deepwater will set aside your order for pickup after work, Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sea scallops, fresh oysters, fish and chips, soup, bisques, chowders, having a party, Paella for twelve, and a salad is all you need. Made with spicy chicken, Andouille sausage, scallops, shrimps, and halibut—deep water seafood of Avon.
3: Okay, we're back. Did you miss us? <laughs> when you do those, you can just—you know—you can give yourself a little bed music just for fun. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just saying. You know. Thanks. Yeah, treat yourself. Do something nice for yourself. He's a quarter kid. Buy a clue. I love you. I like, you know, the news bed, but... What, what is don't... the story with you cutting the music off so fast? Just because... put the music. Put the music back on. Oh, for the love of God. It's like you go... Yeah? It's a fade. The audience should not... They're listening to the music. It sounds great. They shouldn't even notice that it's not there. Oh. <laughs> uh... Anyway, you'll never guess what the most popular, quickly adopted gadget in history is, unless you're Jen, just you guessed it <laughs> earlier.
13: It's because I read the story early in the week.
3: Um, what? I would have really thought like iPod. I would have even thought iPad because no, of the boom. I would have thought the iPod. <clears throat> what was the question again? You'll never guess the most popular, most quickly adapted gadget in history.
13: Actually, cell phone is what I would have guessed.
3: <sighs> cell phone is took this, a while. A,
13: no, cell phone took a while because that was in the quickly 80s. Quickly adopted.
3: Yeah, quickly adopted. Right. CDs? CDs, no. Pretty good guess, though. Pretty good guess. It's the boom box. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting?
13: They had a chart.
3: Yeah. Like, and remember how big that was? Oh, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Gosh, what the You heck? had people with huge shoulders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what movie I was watching. It could have been like Back to the Future. It could have been that uh, sleeper movie, Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can't remember. But they were saying, oh, it's wonderful in the future. Everything has gotten so small and so wonderful, except radios. They just keep getting bigger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey,
3: Willamette still has the boombox parade.
2: <laughs> do they oh, really? really? Oh, yes, they do. No oh, kidding. On.
3: Annually. Do they all play the same song, or? No, it's so just no, noise.
2: Well, what they will do is they will have two radio stations that will simulcast. Oh, that's and good. And so you do have that, but then you have some people who will like play their own music. That can be fun.
3: Yeah, that is a great marketing thing for a radio station. Oh, absolutely. You have your boom. You have a boombox parade. WILI. That, that's that's <laughs> In their Manic. big claim to fame. <laughs> W I L I, isn't that the it's just good company or something like that? Something like that. They have, they have like one of the cheesiest slogans good company radio.
13: (laughs) (laughs) You just did an ad for them. So,
3: well, yeah, we'll be sending them a bill in (laughs) the next day or so. It's $14. Hey, by the way, did you buy your mega millions ticket? I did not. $363 million. Lord, coming over here. Two hundred and twenty-five, if you take the lump
2: sum after taxes. No, oh, it's going to be less than that. Maybe one hundred and eighty.
3: Yeah, I think it's half. Yeah, yeah, because it's a lump sum, paid out over twenty years. But anyway, the um, I was talking with a friend of mine today. You know, my problem is that I don't get mathematically in my head. I know, my chances don't really go up that much after buying my second ticket or thirtieth <laughs> ticket or. Right. 74th ticket for this thing. <laughs> I know it really doesn't make that much of a difference, but in my heart, I feel like it's, I, I really need it. But what like I- Like
13: it doubles your chances. If you get two, it, double, it should double your chances. But it doesn't. I know. It feels <laughs> no, that way, though. It's
3: two out of 333 million. Right. Yeah, it, you
13: still have As basically no
8: shot. One.
3: No shot. So what we were discussing today with me and my friend was we need to get our brains in the mode of, if I buy, what, what am I buying? I'm not buying a lotto ticket to get a chance of this. What I'm buying is the, is the 10 minutes in the car after I buy the ticket. That's what I'm buying. Okay? So it, it can cost me $30 or it can cost me $1. I still only get that 10 minutes after buying it to fantasize what I would do with that money.
13: Right. Okay?
3: Right. So I got to just, I got to get it in my head that all I'm doing is I'm, I'm overpaying for something. I'm buying.
13: A little fantasy. I'm
3: buying the ticket. I'm spending a dollar just so I can have that 10 minutes in the car driving wherever I'm going. Right. Oh, uh, well. Hey there. I don't hear anything. Dave? What? It says they don't hear anything. I
2: don't know why because we're all pottered up.
3: No, oh, no,, but they're, some of the guys are responding, so I don't know. Hey there, I don't hear anything. Maybe it's just, oh, audio's fine. It says, "I don't know. Doug is playing with his system or something." <laughs> Doug in the chat room. So what would you guys do with the I'll give you a couple seconds to think about this as I read the next story. What would you do with your 363 million dollars? Let's say lump sum, you get 180, and then after taxes, you get 100. So you got 100 million dollars in your pocket. What you gonna do? What well, what are you gonna do? Now, ABC News did a very interesting things tips on buying the lotto ticket <laughs> which are very very interesting. One, they said you have to pick your own numbers. Really? Not only you can't leave it up to the machine it says, don't buy quick picks. Pick your own numbers. And then You have homework to do in order to pick your own numbers. You have to go online and you have to get the set of numbers and make sure that your numbers that you picked have never been picked before. Really? I don't know. (laughs) But it says go online, so that way there must be a way. And then stick with your strategy. Don't change your numbers, don't change how often you play. Play consistently. Like a group of numbers, or you know, five bucks or whatever it is, and then just commit to your numbers, and that's it. And that's the only way. This is kind of like you know, if if a kid gets lost in the woods, we tell him just stay there. Don't keep walking around, right? Because like we'll eventually find you unless you keep moving. You know, so it's like you know, the lotto, the lucky lotto leprechaun. there's an alliteration <laughs> is looking for you in the woods, and you keep moving around. So just stay still. And then avoid lotto fever, which is exactly what I have right now. See, which is buying, I don't need to spend $74 on, on 10 minutes of, of fun. So, but the, you know, there you go.
13: Not to be a killjoy, but my strategy would be to take that money and put it in like a savings account. Yeah. And put the same amount over time regularly till you have enough money to say buy stock and then keep doing that. And then you actually have money at the end. Well, I As don't opposed to
2: nothing. She, oh, 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 she's oh, talking about oh. the money that you would spend on a ticket.
13: Actually, Put saving
3: it, money. Yeah, I'll just right. talk to you for the rest of the night. I know. So I said not to be a killjoy. <laughs> Sorry. What's wrong with you?
2: Okay. I just had to. A think. dollar? Jen, what if, are you going to do? If you had $100 million so you've won. suddenly at your disposal. What yeah. are you going to do?
13: This is also going to sound killjoy. I would save, like I don't know, a couple million because you know it would be yeah. nice to have a nice house and I would give the rest to charity.
3: How how much would you give to charity? How much would all you save? All the rest of it. Well, how, all right.
13: I would take two million and then the re- whatever the rest, because there's so many people out there that you know I would give it to.
3: So two and... million is two is so you would be living on eighty to ninety thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you didn't have. But you didn't buy a house yet. So actually, wait. Oh, you got to okay. buy a house. All right. Three million dollars. Okay. Three million. Boy, that's a nice house. <laughs>
13: <laughs> well th- House have a nice car to go like with that a, <laughs> and, a, and a nice vacation i would love to go around the world okay that would be yes that's that, would that's definitely Dave world.
2: what would you do I, I would immediately create a trust fund and i would likely like Jen carve out three million right off the top i would give some to charity there's no question i don't know if i would go as far as half but I would want to, you know, set something up for the kids, right. set something up for me, and do right by my community and, you know, some of the national charities as well. Uh, and I would probably donate uh, some money to the political party of my choice.
13: Mm.
2: Yeah. Why'd you give it to a politician? Crazy. No, not a politician. The party. That's right. even worse. Not so they don't
13: septic- have to raise money.
3: Right. Um, interesting. And, and what would you do?: I would pay off the mortgage now, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would certainly take I, I need a lot more than you guys, apparently. <laughs> I would probably take like 20 million. Ah oh, okay. and okay. then that would make my lifestyle happy. Maybe. (laughs) And then um and then I would anonymously give it to some charities, but I wouldn't give it like I wouldn't just here it is. Right. Right. I would I would do like the anonymous twenty thousand dollars over here and anonymous over here and anonymous over here. Because that way and I would give it to local charities. That's a great idea. I give it to like very, very local uh, charities. Because I as much as I like, you know, things like the United Way and all that kind of stuff. I, I want to help the end user, and I'll never have a position again in my life where I could help so many people directly, and I feel as if if I just give it to a big, a, a large charity bank, then I'm I'm not helping people, I'm helping them help people, and I want to be right. the one with the good feeling.
13: Right, right, right. And if you did it over time, like you're saying, like you would have that good feeling more often because you wouldn't be doing it all yeah. at once. I like that.
3: So, yeah, I, would t- so I would take yeah. like a million dollars and give it to charity. <laughs> so that gets me to 21. So what I have type so have, 78, 79 million? Yeah. And then I would buy my own broadcast radio station. Ooh. Nice. And I would make Dave Moore the morning show producer. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Because Remember, T. Nice so much. you didn't win. You didn't win. I won. <laughs> I'll get you in another life. <laughs> but that's what. But what would you guys do uh, out there in the chat room? Let, let us know. Here is a freaky thing uh, from Reuters. This freaks me out. This is the first ghost ship is appearing oh, yeah. from the tsunami. If you guys can see that, yeah, off there, uh, in Canada, off, off the uh, coast of Canada, there. It is a huge cargo vessel, and it has just floated all the way across the Pacific with no one in it, making it through, like, somehow not capsizing or anything. Yeah, that's amazing. Not steering into waves or, or, you know, any of that stuff. Just lucky as all heck, going through, and it is now off the coast of Canada. And I just, I think that is, like, the spookiest thing. You see this thing, and it is just rust-laden. And I, I think that's fascinating. Noah says that this is uh, the National uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says this is the first of a lot of debris that's right. going to be coming. Oh wow! And uh, but what do you do with that vessel now? That's a good question. You know, do you just say to the Air Force, "Hey, target practice, go <laughs> go knock yourself out," which would be probably a fine idea. Navy torpedo, or or Navy, or or something like that. Or do you say, you know what? There's I mean, there's got to be something on here that's salvageable. Including the vessel. Clearly, the vessel is well-made. Right. <laughs> like, you didn't, it didn't need people to go all the way across the Pacific. That's pretty
13: impressive.
3: Even though the Pacific is Pacific, as opposed to the Atlantic, which is very obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the Pacific has its moments, too. Yeah. Believe me.
2: 60- <laughs> 60-foot waves. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. I,
3: I mean, that's, that, that's, that's incredible. But what do you guys do with that? I mean, do you just... I turn it into a reef. I'd make sure that yeah, there wasn't. So you'd any. have to take it. You'd have to put someone on board. Well, you got to offload uh-huh. whatever fuel is on there. Right, exactly. Make sure that. no that's all true. That
13: hazardous materials. Yeah,
3: that is the, all that hazardous materials. Yeah, so you probably God can't. What else is on there? Yeah, you probably can't just let the Air Force or Navy go out there and. Well, you'd have, have the Navy fun.
2: tow it in, and then you'd have the Navy tow it back out. Oh, that seems like so a awesome lot right? of effort.
3: <laughs> that seems like a lot of effort.
13: Now, did you read this? Up this is slightly off topic, but sort of on. That someone is there. A couple of climatologists that have opined that the crazy warm weather that we've had recently is due to the debris from the tsunami. I don't. I didn't read enough to figure out like what how that could possibly be. Like, I don't think, I don't think it there's was enough changing debris changing the current air currents or something. Unless yeah, it is no. like reflecting crazy?
2: the heat that was then. Oh my yeah. Yeah. Isn't that think,
13: a crazy just the fact it, it that is, anyone even thought to say it? I thought
3: was yeah. Crazy, but I don't. I don't know, think they're, they're looking it. for page views. <laughs> yeah, quite exactly. honestly. I I think that that's what I think we're going to call them. We're calling call them page views. Right. Those those kind of stories. Right, exactly. We'll just uh, that's a page view right there. Oh my goodness. I didn't even get to the French commune home to 20,000 doomsday cults looking Ooh. for alien salvation. Really? But that'll be uh No, you know what? I'm never going to tell you about it. <laughs> You're just going to sit there and wish oh, I wish we had just a little more time so I can hear about the the French people waiting for the alien salvation. But really, past that what I've just said, that's about all that there is to the story.
13: That's what you get for putting Dave in charge. Whoa. There you go. End it not bad. It
3: wants. Not great, but oh, not bad.
13: On. He did a great job. Huh.
3: Thanks for listening to News Talk tonight. That's Jen Just over there. That's Dave Moore over there. Good. Very special thanks to Evan in the chat room, our chat room moderator Evan Robert He's being called now <laughs> on Facebook, Evan Robert. <laughs> we love you, big guy. Great name, dude. And of course, sponsors. Uh, thank you very much, Gateway Financial Group, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyer, Jack Deepwater Seafood of Avon, Sherpa Technologies. Sometimes I feel like I read that like I'm in an '80s car commercial. Do I say that too fast? No. Gateway Financial Group, accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyer, Jack Deepwater Seafood of Avon, <laughs> <and> Sherpa Technologies, <laughs> now and Doctors can't pay It's great stuff. <clears throat> And that's all. Do we know what's happening next week? No idea. Dave is going to produce the show next week.
8: That much we
3: know. Like hell. That much we know. (laughs) And uh, if you guys want us, if you guys run across a really cool uh, story, just send us an email uh, off the website. Send it to me, brian at com, or jenjust at com, or Dave Moore, who doesn't have email. (laughs) You can send him a smoke signal. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. No,
2: we're red flag. You can't have any
3: smoke. <laughs> Guests for rent. There you go. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.
0: If these announcers were trying to be rock stars, they'd be playing air guitar and using a karaoke mic. <laughs> and they're our kind of people.
12: On The horn.
0: On the OnTheHorde.com.
12: Budwitz & Meyerjack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for
6: strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyerjack, certified public accountants. Sandit's Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sandit's Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sandit's Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sandit's Travel. We'll take you there.
8: No!